Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. This is Monday, August 28th. Forgot what day it was there for a second. Episode 19. Don, 19. What number comes to mind? What sport? I don't care. Johnny Unitas, first thing that pops in my head. Yep, got to go with Johnny U as well. Johnny Unitas popped into my head as well. I'm trying to think of other 19s. I know that Lionel Messi played like one of his first games. Before he switched to 10, he was 19. I think that was what he scored his first goal in, so that, I remember that as well. But Basketball, Willis Reed, New York Knicks. What about Jake? What about Jakob Pertl? Didn't, didn't he wear 19 up in Toronto? I don't know. I, don't, I didn't know him in Toronto. Uh, I told you Keyshawn was the one that popped in the yeah. first one. We kind of played that card the last episode. Keyshawn. Keyshawn's good. Speaking of Keyshawn. Robin Yount. Good Who? one. Very good one. Tony Gwynn. Hold yeah, on. Don Harris is on a baseball Hold room. on. Who the hell nice work. is that first name you just said? Robin, Robin Yount. Great no player. I, great baseball no player. No idea who that is. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer for the Brewers. Got called up when he was 19 years old. What, what Lance era? What era? Allworth. Lance Allworth's a good one. Yep. What era is this Yount person? 80s, 92, 90s? Early, yeah, he went to the World Series of the Brewers in 82. Yeah. He still looks amazing. He Plus, he's a fellow Californian. You should know this, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to know all the people that have ever come from California. Well, I know Tony Gwynn. Dude's a Hall of Famer. I mean, come on. Oh, I'm not asking you to do much homework. <laughs> Here's one for you. Here's one for you. This is, this is odd. Joe Montana wore 19 with the Chiefs. He did. Even though he wore 16 with so I don't think he qualifies. He qualifies. It's it's what you remember that person yeah. with. So Bernie, 16, I guess, would be what I remember Joe Ma with. Bernie Kozar. Bernie Kozar. Yeah, I think it's Johnny U. Yeah, it's Johnny U for sure. That's what, uh, that's ding, what ding, I would He's, the, what he's the big with. winner. He's yeah. the big winner of who we remember with the with 19. Yeah. So, Well, we got a lot going on today. Obviously, we're going to talk about uh, the Trey Lance trade. I've got some opinions on that that I'm not sure Don and Chuck are going to agree with. <laughs> or or Jerry for that matter. That's why we have a podcast. Exactly. So we can just yell at each other like Skip and his uh band of misfits today on Undisputed. So um Cowboys preseason now come to a close. We will talk about the final preseason game, which was really just the Will Will Greer show. Uh and what the final roster is gonna look like. Plus, this is week one for uh college football, so we'll get it. Some takes on who we think our college football playoffs going to be, what UTSA and uh, Texas A&M, the Longhorns, are going to do this weekend. We'll get into all of it. As always, I'm your host, Matt Roy, joined by Don Harris, Chuck Mikatinik. Guys, how are you doing today on this Monday? Doing great. Good. Excited about football season. Absolutely. This, you guys won't care about this, but this was uh, when I woke up this morning, I was talking about it with my wife. This week, the beginning of football season, is the 40th anniversary of my broadcast career. I started thinking about this. When I went off to college in 1983, first week of school, I started doing a daily sportscast. 
and play-by-play for the Howard Payne Yellow Jackets in Brownwood, Texas on Brownwood Cable. And it kind of slapped me in the face, the number 40. 1983 to two, to 2023. As it should, because I do not have a like story. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, the other day I saw, I think I was at Rutledge Stadium uh, filming a game on Saturday, the Wagner game, and I looked back and I saw Churchill versus Judson, 1982. Two, my and year. I was thinking, was that, were you there at that time? I was. 1982 senior year? In Alamo Stadium, they beat us 10-7. We dominated the game and they beat us. And that was the beginning of their dynasty. Yep. Because then they went on to win three, four state titles. They were five, something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, big news from really Friday, I think. Friday night, the Friday night news dump uh, was Trey Lance getting traded from the 49ers to the Cowboys for a fourth round pick. As we'll all remember, Dak was a fourth round pick. Some really good fourth round picks have uh, come and gone throughout NFL history. I'll just tell you guys, my first thought was to go to how big of a bust Trey Lance has been in the first two years and where he ranks and where the Niners rank in terms of all-time horrible trades that this has turned out to be. Three first-round picks plus a third-round pick to move up move up nine spots from 12 to three with, uh, with the Dolphins. The Dolphins have in turn turned that into Bradley Chubb, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, have gotten all of these great players, whether trade or draft, and I just can't help but think how horrible this has turned out for the Niners, even though they seem to have a quarterback. Yeah, no question. It's a big, big problem for the Niners. Uh, and everybody wants Lynch to be held accountable. It was a horrible trade. And, I mean, I don't know that they knew that they were getting Brock Purdy later at the time um, and that Purdy would turn out to be as good as he was. So you can look at it from that perspective and be 100%. I also think... It's a great opportunity for the Cowboys, upside versus risk-reward, you know. And um, Trey Lance could turn into something better than Dak. Um, And if he doesn't, all your outs a fourth-rounder. It's not like you're out three number ones and a number three. And So I think it's 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 a move they felt they had to make with it be at the cost being that cheap. It's always tough to equate, you know, what is the worst of all time. I mean, you certainly make a compelling argument that this could go down that way. There's the other side of this, which is Trey Lance is still very, very young. And I think the Cowboys make this trade in part because of McCarthy's history with coaching up pedestrian backups. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Now you're going to give him a guy that there's going to be no pressure on. He can mold him give him the same things he was giving Will Greer, ironically, but with a better skill set. And let's see how it goes. I mean, I think it is a low-risk maneuver by the Cowboys. I did find it fascinating that Jerry was as emphatic as he was about not telling McCarthy he was doing this, not telling Dak he was doing this, that organizationally they felt up top at the very top, which, I'm, which means Jerry, that this was a no-brainer move. And now – this kind of becomes McCarthy's pet project where we think enough of you as a coach and what you've done with other quarterbacks before. Now let's see what you can do with this guy. Not necessarily in the vein of he's going to unseat Dak at some point, although you never know with injuries and the, and the like. But 
I think it's a fascinating move, and leave it to Jerry and the Cowboys to make a move like this, this late into training camp. That's the one astonishing thing, I think, to me, because now you risk Will Greer with a guy who's been in this system for as long as he's been there, two training camps plus, has this knowledge that he can now take to another team and use it against the Cowboys. Yeah, but the, you, I mean, you get the same thing there with like Trey Lance giving information from the Niners to, to the Cowboys. But either way, I just there's so many facets to this trade that, that really just um, kind of perked my ears up. First one was that that he, this is probably the worst one of the worst draft picks in history next to Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf and Zach Wilson if Trey Lance ends up not playing very much. I mean, he didn't really get a fair shake his first two years because he's been injured. But I, uh, the second thing was... If it ends now. If it, end, if it ended right now, he would be one of the worst draft, draft picks in Correct. history. Correct. Same, same with Zach Wilson. He would be in the top five of worst draft picks of all time. But, it, I mean, it hasn't, so which is good. However, I think that trading for him is not nothing. It's It's absolutely not nothing because you hear that... You hear from Jerry, okay, it's just a fourth-round pick. It's a development project. Well, if Kyle Shanahan, the quarterback guru of our generation, couldn't develop him, why do you think Mike McCarthy can? Like, that's my main question. That's valid. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, he was – they were gung-ho about this guy before week two. He was their starter going in the last two, year or two before he broke his ankle in, in week two. Um, and they loved him. Then they got Purdy. And then they got the other guy. Yeah, Darnold now. Darnold. And, I don't know, he's 23 years old, man. He right. hasn't played a lot of games. He played 17 games in North Dakota. But that's the other thing. You have Trey Lance, who is a first-round pick, has all the talent in the world. He's only played 15 games between his first year in college and right now. So he hasn't played much. He needs some development. I think we can all agree on that. But, if one, he can't make it on Kyle Shanahan's roster when he was gifted the – when he – they gave him basically every opportunity he could get because of where he was drafted and what they gave up for him. And now you're getting him on this roster. It spells confidence in Trey Lance and lack of confidence in Dak to me. I don't care what Jerry says about it with him not thinking about Dak in the future because that's BS. They always think always. about Dak in the future. I, I, they always think about the future. Yeah, I would go a different route. I would say if you were going to start the season with the three quarterbacks that they were going to go with, Dak, Cooper, and Will Greer, and now all of a sudden you get to add Trey Lance. I mean, who wouldn't have made that trade to get him in the room? I think the quarterback room has got to be better right now, at least athletically it is. And again, I mean, to Don's point, he's young. I mean, the book hasn't been written. He hasn't played that many games. We know that. So let's see what happens with some coaching, with some time on the bench, some time in the film room some time on the practice field. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see how it goes. I just don't think that this was much to give up. And I think the quarterback room is better now. That's what it is. It's it's what did you give up to get this and get what the potential is. What you do get right away, Jerry gets a little leverage when it comes to Dak being up in 2024. Exactly. Right? So you get a little leverage. It's not never a bad thing to have Steve Walsh behind Troy Aikman or Craig Morton behind Roger Staubach. It's never a bad thing to have a guy competing for his job. Dak's secure in his job for the moment and will be and should be. But for, if Dak Prescott, moment. if he gets hurt, 
you've got a guy that has potential in a year or whenever it takes to be, I mean, his draft grades, everybody in the league saw it equally, what what his arm talent is. You know, Cowboys had a second-round draft grade on the player. Yeah. So, we'll I mean, see. And when you look at the Cowboys, they, they tend to um, pick players off of the scrap heap and try and turn them into something. I made this argument with Ben Simmons in the Spurs. Back when you could get him for a bag of chips. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, the guy was the number one overall pick. He can't shoot. He's got these mental blocks. But he's Ben Simmons. He's he's got this athletic ability that was number one pick in the draft that everybody saw. If Pop could fix him, if McCarthy can fix Lance, whatever's going on in his head, it's worth but what you gave up. But here's the thing: say they fix Trey Lance, what's the end goal here? Not to pay Dak fifty nine million dollars next year is the end goal. No, I don't think that that's it at all. I think they're two unrelated things. That's my own personal feeling on this. I just look at it from Don's point of view, which is. The quarterback room right now is more athletic than it was. You've got a guy that has a much greater upside than Will Greer does because I think what we've seen from Will Greer is about what you're going to see from him, which is he's functional. He gets the ball out on time. He gets it to where it needs to go. We know he can't run very fast, and if he was playing in a real game, he would have been destroyed the other night. But, you know, good player. (laughs) We saw an awful lot of bootlegs, right? So – he might have. I, I just think that the upside with Trey Lance, when you're talking about a third-string quarterback, you're not talking about a backup, is too great to pass up to not make this deal. And but I that, would make the argument that he has a greater upside than Dak, than Dak Prescott. Absolutely, but that's the point. He has a greater upside than Dak Prescott. He's cheaper than Dak Prescott. You have him for two years, which is the exact same length of time that you have for Dak Prescott. He's going to be cheaper than Dak Prescott. If Dak comes out and they go, I don't know, nine and eight this year, and they lose in the in the wild card round, it, Dak's not getting a new contract. Mike McCarthy's going to be fired. They're going to start over, and if Trey Lance shows any promise, promise, he's going to be the quarterback. And there you go. That's why Jerry did that, it. He, and Jerry knows thing. that. Yeah, and Jerry. So what I'm saying is Jerry's full of crap with what he said this weekend. That Jerry's he always full of crap with what he says to the media. <laughs> well, I mean, again, you're not talking about a Will Greer at some point unseating Dak Prescott, right? There's enough tape, and there's enough minds in the NFL that view Trey Lance as, yeah, maybe yeah. a guy four or five years from now. That could be the next Aaron Rodgers or name the quarterback. The The trick is right now is he's not. But there were enough people that saw him. The 49ers aren't a stupid organization by any stretch. Yes, you can say that they made the dumbest trade of all time. It may turn out to be that way. But they weren't the only ones that thought that that kid could play football. And it takes a while. Sometimes when Aaron Rodgers sat on yeah. the bench for four years before he started. And it it, it could Rogers. get worse for the 49ers. If Trey Lance ends up being great, <laughs> then then it gets worse. For right. Him. Yeah, and, I mean, and unless Jerry, they win a Super Bowl with Brock and, Purdy. And I've, I've said this to a couple of friends over the last couple of days. I don't know of a player other than Emmett, Michael, and Troy that Jerry loved more than he loved Tony Romo. Oh, yeah. And when it came time for Tony to get his job back, the answer was no because of what Dak Prescott was doing. And if Trey Lance is better than Dak Prescott, Jerry will have no problem, as much as he loves Dak, moving on from Dak like he did moving on from Rome. Right. And, you will, and you'll see it. Like, we saw it with Dak. Yeah. Like, you're not going to take a kid out after he's won you a bunch of ball games. It's right. just not going to happen. It was the right so, move then. But 
that but that's the thing like he won a bunch of ball games he has this big contract if you cut him next year you're not in the worst position or if you trade him next year you're Dak? not in, yeah Dak. well you eat a lot of dead money yeah but i don't know there's a there's just something with this trade like if you traded for i don't know let's just call it like zach wilson it would be the same thing if you traded for zach wilson it would be the same kind of thing all, guy with all the talent in the world that hasn't done crap at the nfl level and you're trying to get a get that kind of backup and catch lightning in a bottle but you don't try and catch lightning in a bottle for no reason you don't let me ask you guys this because i didn't watch him before he broke his ankle in week two did did we see in the preseason in week one that tr- that Trey Lance could play? Well, it was a little hard because last year, week one, he played against the Bears, and that was in the monsoon. Right, that was and in, he played pretty well in that monsoon. Yeah, too. I mean, they lost the game, but like anybody could have lost the game. It didn't matter who was who was playing quarterback that day. You couldn't throw the ball at he, all. He did a good job throwing the ball in the rain. In fact, yeah. Jerry pointed that out. Absolutely, we know he can throw the ball in the rain. Absolutely, and then week two, he broke his ankle. I mean, in the preseason, he made some throws. He, I remember one fade ball down down he put it right over the left shoulder next to in between the sideline and the man it was a beautiful ball he has all the potential he has all the tools and that's the thing that I guess doesn't sit right with me with this trade like especially after you hear from Dak and and last night when or Saturday night when he was like yeah they didn't ask me and the look on his face was that he was a little taken aback by this trade because he knows the potential of Trey Lance well I think if you're in the business of team building and this is what teams do you got to look to the future some way shape or form and I think this is a way of doing that you've got nothing to lose by giving a fourth round pick up for a guy you had a second round grade on has very limited playing time obviously but again they're looking at this for maybe two or three years down the road everybody wants their quarterbacks to be uncomfortable you Quinn Ewers He's the starter in Texas. He's got Arch Manning and Malik Murphy breathing down his He's neck. He's the most uncomfortable person in the United States, Quinn Ewers. <laughs> I mean, there's and, and most programs, look at A&M. Look at, look at whoever yeah. you want to look at, other than Frank, maybe Frank Harris at UTSA. Everybody's got that guy that they want to go recruit the next guy. Uh, and, you got to be deep. And you got yeah, to win the job. Well – I think it's an endlessly fascinating deal. That's that's what I think I've I've learned here is that there's no more fascinating a deal that they could have made. I don't think unless it was you know trading for Aaron Donald or something like that. Like this is just end, endlessly fascinating because of the pressure that's already on Dak to perform after his sorry year last year with his leading the leading the league in picks and all that stuff and all the pressure that is traditionally on the Cowboys nationally. It just puts them even more in the spotlight, which I guess is what Jerry wants. Sure. <laughs> well, let's talk we about that. let's talk about the on the field uh, preseason game. Final takeaways, uh, Chuck. What were your final takeaways from the game outside of Will Greer, who obviously played really well, and it was really just a, a showcase for him to get onto another team. It was, and I mean the fact that McCarthy said it's the best preseason performance he's seen since Matt Hasselbeck, and I think he said ninety nine. You know the fact that he completed as many passes as he did that he did threw for over three hundred, had two in the air, two on the ground. What fascinated me most about that game. Matthew, was that I was taking pictures around the stadium before the game, and when the Cowboys came out to see how meaningless of a game, and I have the air quotes around game, that this really was. Mm -hmm. I mean, just to see the Tyron Smiths, the Zach Martins, all in uniform but with hats backwards, (laughs) jewelry. I I was surprised that nine was – in a uniform and not playing. I was like, well, that tells me all we need to know about him. They like him more than I thought that they did. 
he's not even going to have to show out in this game that it really was for the bottom end of the roster to maybe see if there's something that you don't see or that you haven't seen somehow, some way, some form during the course of all these practices. I think they already knew who their 53 were going into that ball game. I think it was pretty apparent. And what crossed my mind more than anything was we got to get rid of one of these preseason games. This makes no sense whatsoever. I don't think so at all. I don't know. You know who loves that game? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Well, you know who loves that game is 37 people that are about to get cut. That's what I'm Those 37 people were already cut. That's so, why I, mean, I said why Dwayne are we Rock- doing this? I mean, for me as a fan, and I've told you this before, you guys, you know this. I mean, when we're going to a family outing at the ballpark and we want to go watch an NFL game, we always go to preseason games because even Cowboy tickets were, I think, between 20 and 25 bucks to get. Like, that might be the only opportunity for a family to go see an NFL football game, get in the stadium, yeah. and enjoy the game day environment. So, why are we getting rid of one? Well, because of what we saw on the field it looked like the jv both teams it was but still it, for fans at least it's a chance to get in the stadium and see at&t and pay 15 dollars right. for a beer i'm yeah, all I mean, i'm all do what you gotta again do. i'm all for that we can have two of these one game like that a year and then let's turn this other preseason but, game into a regular season but game. how about this and expand the rosters look at me i'm spending somebody else's money but Love but it. how about this hunter lepke had a great had a really good game um do you think he's not going to make the roster probably, but that game was probably important enough to them and to him to maybe make the practice squad and keep a job. So there's that to be said as well. Yeah. Right. But what did you see that everybody else saw, which was he looks like he's a step too slow. You know what he, he's like a guy that could have played 10 years ago. He could have been the John Coon for the Packers, but that, that world doesn't exist anymore. There's speed everywhere up and down the lineup. Not saying there's not, a job for this player somewhere. It's Dwayne it, the Rock Johnson. It's just a different. It's a different sport. The San it's a Antonio. Game. What's the name of our team? The Brahmas. The Brahmas. The San Antonio Brahmas. <laughs> but what about what about that game for someone like I don't know Brandon Aubrey? Fifty-nine yarder. He he made yeah, at the he, end of the game. I think he solidified. Well, yeah, he and he needed, but he needs the reps. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's never kicked in the NFL. He'll be the guy on opening day. Kicked I don't know f- that he'll be in the a guy in week game. three. Gotcha. We're going to get to we're going to get to uh, to them in a second. So, final roster. Obviously, they're cutting down all of them right now to get to the fifty-three, and then you have twelve men on the practice squad with the expanded practice squads. For a second, I'd just like to acknowledge to all the fans out there for anyone chanting or cheering for someone to be cut. Twelve hundred players about to lose their jobs. So when you're thinking about somebody that you want cut or you don't want to see on the team, just think about that. Like 1,200 NFL players are about to see their dreams done. So Dwayne and, the Rock Johnson is there for them. He is. The and, 54. I mean, the 54. But just think about that, everybody, as, as these next couple of days roll out and you see somebody get cut and you're like, ah, good riddance. Well, that, that kid now has to go find a new career. So. Um, I think we know the quarterbacks that are going to be make the roster. Dak, Cooper, Rush, Trey Lance. I, there's no question about that. They wouldn't have made the trade for Trey Lance if he wasn't going to make the roster. Running backs, I think, is eternally interesting. Eternally? Eternally. At least wow. until Tuesday. <laughs> um, who, If you had to pick three running backs to make the roster, Ronald Jones obviously isn't going to be on an opening day because he's suspended. Which three are you taking? Tony Pollard is one. I didn't see enough of Ronald Jones to see how much is left on the tank. I know during OTAs and mini camps, 
the sentiment amongst some of the Dallas reporters was is that Ronald Jones wasn't going to be there. Did Malik Davis show enough that he would be the number two? I don't think so. Did Malik Davis show enough that he would still be the number three? I don't know. I mean, these guys are going to play. We know that because Tony Pollard's not going to get 25 carries a game. He's not going to get as many touches, especially early on in the season. Now, he might in the playoffs. But it, it's fascinating, right? Because then there's the whole thing. You cut your down, your roster. Everybody else cuts down. And then these teams have scouts that have eyes on every other team. Is there a guy out there that is going to be – Ends up being your number three guy. Will Greer is going to be somebody's number three quarterback more than better than the guy that they have in camp. And, I mean, again, this, the best part about this podcast is that we get to, like, throw things at the wall and mm-hmm. not necessarily hope that they stick. But <laughs> if you're the Giants and you've got the guy that Giant fans are hoping becomes their number three quarterback and they're calling him Danny DeVito because he's Italian kid. <laughs> but, you know, you play the Cowboys on opening night. Don't you pick up Will Greer for week one? I would. You yeah. got So you're gonna pick the Giants the Giants are gonna pick him up. I, I'm just I'm throwing things at the wall. I mean, if it's me and there's any question as to who my number three quarterback's gonna be, based on what I've already seen from Will Greer over you know, the progression that he made from last training camp to this one, why wouldn't I try to stash my number three quarterback on the practice squad and bring in Will Greer? at least for week one, so that I can figure out what's going on with the Cowboys. I mean, I, I just think there's options for teams now because you're talking about a quarterback who's been in the system now and knows everything there is to know about the system, and now he can give you good intel for week one, or at least make the Cowboys have to pivot for week Double one. Double agent, man. So where did we settle on the running backs? <laughs> I, go, I would go Pollard one. Uh, shoot me, but I think Deuce is almost at two now. I think he's he solidified his spot on make a roster, and then it's Davis or Rico Dowdle. Wait, who makes it to you, Rico or, or Davis? I think it's Rico. I think Rico's the number two. I think based on the fact that Davis was the bell cow in the preseason game the other night, that 42 probably moved up the depth chart. I think so, too. Yeah. I think that just based on that one assumption alone. I I loved Davis though last year. I don't know how he fell behind Dowdle. And what what uh, Todd Archer, the ESPN reporter, he put out projections for the final roster as well. He only has them carrying three running backs. Who are they? Which is Rico, Deuce, and Tony. Okay. So I don't. I think I agree with him. Deuce Deuce has shown that he can. He will be able to uh, contribute right away. A, a, at least a specialist or or, or gadget guy or whatever you want to call him. I mean, he'll be able to contribute. He made the team the first preseason. Absolutely. Game. And Rico, I think he's he's shown some stuff this this preseason. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for him is health. They've seen that. It just they haven't had a Where's chance to really put it. Rico? Yeah. Uh, South Carolina or something? Okay. I think that's okay. right. Somewhere in the southeast. I uh, wanted to talk about receivers as well. CD, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Tolbert. All pretty much on. I think that I think those are those are in pen. Fifth receiver. Turpin made it. Chuck says he saw him pretty much. Yeah, I mean that was the dead giveaway to me. Like they didn't even need to see him on the field, so he's probably solidified himself as a two-way guy. Do you think they carry six? Man, I would hate to speculate on that because I really don't know what else or where what other position groupings they're juggling at this point. Like if you say that about the running back, that makes more sense to me that they maybe keep six wide receivers for what they want to do? I think that they might keep six. If they were to keep six, I would hope that it would be Houston. 
obviously for for obvious yeah. reasons right. for us. Yeah. But I don't I don't know if he's shown enough to be able to make the roster. I hope he does, but Dak loves him. Dak does love him. Uh, I think they'll I'm just going through Todd's stuff here. He has four tight ends on the roster. He has Turpin making it. They have he has him carrying five receivers. Um Gallup obviously is one of those. Uh Jalen Brooks, he says might make it as the sixth. He's Houston is probably the odd man out, might make the practice squad. Uh, nine offensive linemen, ten D linemen. I th- none, no real uh, confusion there. He has them carrying a lot of corners and safeties. Seven corners and six safeties in the in the defensive backfield. Special teams. That's that's thirteen DBs though. That's a lot. Usually you only carry five and five. It's a lot of speed on on special teams. And then uh, lastly, you guys think that Brandon Aubrey made it? Yes, I think so. But again, just a guess. I, I wish I could be in the room with those coaches as they kind of divvy this would all you, up. Would and you put have him on the make board. it? Yes, week one. But I don't know at, ex, at at whose expense. I think that's what we, what this all comes down to, right? And then obviously, again, you got to go through the waiver wire after this. Yeah. So I was well, on I mean, the beach for a week. Did anybody ever sign your two guys that you were no, pitching? No, nope. they're still out there. Huh? Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't. But maybe it's one of those where, you know, again, you give the kid every opportunity to see what he can do. And if he comes through like you think that he might, you're not paying him much yeah. compared to the salary cap and what you're having to deal with there. And then if things get squirrely, do maybe know- one of those guys will be ready. And I'm sure they won't be only, the only ones that will be calling those two kickers that are out on the street. Are the guys on the street, do we know if they're, you know, eating Krispy Kremes and Drinking a case of beer every day, or if they're actually in shape and kicking, uh, I would imagine they probably went their own little. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's a kicker, so I mean they can do whatever they want, and all, as long as their uh, as long as their leg works. <laughs> and I saw the Carlson kid from the Raiders walking out of the clubhouse. I'm like, boot. what position does that guy play? It's like he's the kicker. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! I was long, watching, athletic. I mean, cheapers. Kickers these days, kickers and punters are stacked because they have nothing else to do besides lift. I was uh, when I was at ASU, Michael Turk was there. And uh, he was, he's, his uncle was a kicker or a punter in the NFL. And dude, when he went to the NFL combine, put up 28 reps on bench because he has nothing to do except for kick and lift. Like the kid at UTSA. Socket. Yeah, the, kid, the other kid at UTSA, Hunter. Uh, oh, yeah. Why did I think that Jared Sockett was No, Hunter? no, it was the Hunter kid. Hunter. Uh, yeah, the kid from Cole. Why yeah. am I drawing a blank on his name? Yeah, same thing. The dude benched more reps. And just pro about day anybody that on the team. Than anybody that was at A&M's pro day. <laughs> yeah. And I'm talking about D-linemen. Because kickers and punters, just like I said, well, that's I all, they, that's I mean, all I they do. <laughs> it, it also speaks, I think, to those guys as humans, too, that they think of themselves as football players first, even though we may say, oh, that's just the kicker. Those yeah. dudes are they're athletic and duplessis. they're athletes. Hunter Duplessis. Good call. We all know they're not actually football players. Anyway, um, no, Hunter was an, quite an athlete. Yeah, we saw him kicking in the XFL. Great, right. great kid too. So uh, the content machine that is Stephen A. Smith decided to say some blasphemous stuff the other day. I just want to ask you guys about it real quick. Basically, called Dak Prescott the Dak Prescott era in Dallas a failure. Uh, whatever. Agree or disagree? Yeah, no, disagree. No I mean, they've been relevant. I mean, I've said this a million times. So if I've said this on this podcast, I apologize. I would rather my team to be relevant than to be like the Miami Marlins and win two World Series in the course of the – we still think of the Miami Marlins as a team that never wins more than it loses. 
I would rather have a team that's at least at the doorstep every single year and relevant for 16, 17 weeks, whatever the case may be. I'd rather have that than the one that punches through for the Super Bowl once every 30 years and then goes right back to where they were before. You know, the old Kansas City Which Royals. Which one are the Cowboys? <laughs> they are the ones that are at the doorstep. I mean, I, we've really? done the numbers before. Yeah. Who's doorstep? Dude, they've only had, I think it's four seasons since they won their last Super Bowl where they weren't in playoff contention on the final week of the season. Four. That's okay. it. So they, they've been there. They've kept us interested. There were, you know, very few exceptions where there are four or five win seasons where we weren't even talking about them in November and December. And that's always a bad thing. They're always irrelevant when you need them to be relevant. The Cowboys, the Cowboys are, are always relevant. If there is 0-16, they're relevant. Going, uh, <laughs> going on that on-the-doorstep uh, metaphor here, I think they're just always – in the car, in the driveway, waiting to get out to go to the doorstep. I don't really think that they're at the doorstep. But at least they're in the driveway, I guess is my <laughs> point. I mean, give me somebody who's at least entertaining enough to yeah. where you're still talking about them on week well, 17. Well, it's about, it's about expectations if, That's you're, what if you're talking about failure. It's a, cowboy, it's a star in the helmet, right? Yeah, David Chancer talks about this all the time. Dak Prescott, just like Tony Romo, will be judged as a failure or a success – based on how many Lombardis he wins. And if he doesn't, he's a failure. That's only because it's Dallas. He's a good quarterback. He's won 12 games the last two years. He's, he's a good quarterback, but he's not going to be viewed in a positive light by Cowboy fans, just like Romo. Romo was very good. But, Romo's the best statistical quarterback besides Dak that the Cowboys have ever had. But statistics don't matter. Yep. What matters is W's, playoff wins. So, I mean, if you're looking at it as failure or not a failure, I would say that it's a failure, but I don't think that the last 30 years outside of the five after they won the Super Bowl in 95 have been a total failure because they've remained relevant. And that's pretty much Jerry Jones just tooting his – let's just toot his horn for a second because he's the one that's – made them relevant for 30 years they're the world's most valuable franchise and they haven't won in three decades they're worth 10 billion dollars and they can't win a super bowl yeah jimmy did jimmy did he'll never get in the ring of fame though because other other reasons um let's get into some uh college football utsa opening this week in houston um i think the the game is a pick em right now i think at most most sports books not that we can do that in texas but just to uh give you a how, to, how close this game is projected to be. Last year, it went to triple overtime uh, in the Alamo Dome. I think Houston ended up winning by two because college overtime sucks, and we'll talk about that in a, in a later date. But uh, UTSA, do they win this week, Chuck? Man, put me on the spot. I'll say yes, but, man, I sure hope JT plays. Because <laughs> yeah. I think with him and Cephas, the running back, as good as he is, of course, Frank, you got the big beasties up front, tight ends. I mean, they, they've got so much coming back. If they have JT on top of it, even if he's just out there on the field, you know, as a decoy for a couple plays here and there, I mean, yeah, I think they do. I, I just I – just, I don't know why I think they do. I hope I'm not wrong, and I hope I'm not jinxing them. I, I just feel like they have too much to lose this first game. I think if these two teams play in week six, I might pick Houston. But because they're playing in week one, to use an old uh, pop expression, the corporate knowledge 
that these guys have played together over the last what Frankie Harris twenty years? What is it with Frankie? Close <laughs> over the last on. four years yeah. <laughs> with Frank, At I think gives them a huge advantage in Week One. Um, Houston's got a lot of talent that they replenish through the portal after they lost Clayton Tune and a lot of guys. But these are guys coming in from the portal. Mm-hmm. When, when, when it's fourth and four and you got to get it, and you're Frank Harris and you look Oscar Cardenas in the eye in the huddle, there's something to that. Yeah. And so I think that's why they win. I agree. I think that they win this game. I think it's going to be close. But I think that they win in Houston, if for no other reason, because they are a healthy team right now. Like, when they got to the end of the year last year, it was a mash unit. Like, they had totally. so many injuries that Frank was banged up. We, I mean, you've document Don, you've documented his, his injuries on air, and he's documented his injuries on air. Uh, Jeff Trailer has said that for weeks now, that he was, he was limping to the finish line, especially in that Troy game. But they had so many injuries last year. They lost their starting right tackle. They lost their starting left tackle. They lost receivers. They lost everybody. And now that they're healthy, I think that, They'll at least win this first game, especially since they, um, at least until they aren't healthy, which hopefully they never are. But, you know, I think that just because they're healthy and they have the knowledge of what happened last year, they have the motivation of what happened last year, they have Frank back, they've got all these returners, I think they win this game. I could see... Birds up! Birds up. I could see this game ending three ways, and the way that I couldn't see it ending is a Houston blowout. I could see a Houston close win, a UTSA close win, and a UTSA blowout, but I do not see a Houston blowout. Yeah, never. never. Not with this group. No, not at all. Um, so that goes to, do you think that they win the conference? <sighs> Man, I watched Tulane beat USC in that Cotton Bowl. Tulane's really good. I'm going to pick Tulane to win the conference. UTSA finished second or third. Okay. Yeah, I think they're going to be up there. SMU, I think, is going to be pretty good, too. It's really hard to know. You know, what it, What's the health going to be like once they get the league play? That's what I'm concerned about because I think that's they're going to they're going to ball out at U of H. You got nothing to lose year one. Let's try to win them all, and then you got Tennessee. You know, Army's not going to be a walk in the park. You know, Texas State. I don't know if it'll be as physical as what they're used to playing, but they'll still know that they're in some sort of a rivalry game. I mean, I'm just worried about the health, as I am every single football team this time of year. I mean, we did a game the other night, Don Wright. I mean, oh my God. how many kids did we see go down in that yeah. game, right, Matt? I mean, yeah. you were there. I mean, that was that was rough. That first TNL game. Right. Was, I mean, was that, that's fight. what we talk about. It is a, I hate to use a war analogy, but it literally is a baton death march for all these teams every year. I'm going to put all health being equal. Like, if everybody is 100% healthy at the end of the year, I think UTSA wins it. And so that's how I'm going to okay. kind that's of fair. look at it. Because, I mean, you just can't predict health. And so right. no, you, no. you can't predict health. So I'm going to say UTSA, barring injury, is I think they're the best team at the conference because they have the most talent. I think they have the best quarterback in the conference. Frank having four offseason knee procedures bothers me. It scares me a little bit, yeah. too. Yeah. Because he needs his mobility to, to be ex, as, ex, as successful as he, as he is. So I think they're going to win the conference. Um, I'm going to go final record 10-2. and two. Wow. Okay. I went 8-4. and four. I'm going to go 10 and 2. I'm going to go 8 and 4 too. Because I think they beat Houston. I think they lose to Tennessee. They're going to lose a game in in conference play. And I think they end up with the best record in the conference. And I think they win the conference title game. I think, up. I think 8 and 4 is the over under, and I'll take the over. Give me a. I think that they, if they win the conference, if they win the conference title game, they will make it to not the not the uh, football playoff, but they'll make it to New York Six, New Year's Six Bowl. 
So that's what that's what I got for him. Okay. Maybe I'm just no pressure. And then I'm, where does Jeff Trailer go from there? <laughs> uh, he goes he goes back to Lisa Campos and says, "Where's my money?" <laughs> yeah. Or any other uh, school in the nation. I know he wants to be here, but boy, he's going to be snatched up. Yeah. All right. How about the Longhorns? Longhorns, they're, pa- they're favored by like 38 this week. I don't think winning this week is uh, even a conversation. I'll take, so, the, I'll take the over. So how about nine and a half games won this year for the Longhorns? Over. Over. I'm I'll, buying Texas this year. And I'll take the under just because what we talked about last week. I think the hate is real. I think they're going to get everybody's Super Bowl every single week. And, you know, I, I like the quarterback. I think they've got some decent players. It's just to be able to have to deal with that every single week, especially on the road. But even at home, I mean, you don't think TCU is going to be gunning for them? You don't think yeah, exactly. Baylor, all these teams that Tech. felt like they've – yeah, go ahead and leave and then show them their way out the door. Tech, yep, you go right down the list. I just think it's going to be really, really hard for them to stack wins because they're going to have to play a physical brand of football every I think, single week, and there's not going to be any weeks off. I would agree with you in most years, but I think their talent differential trumps that this year. Yeah, The, I mean, the kid that they got from from Georgia, mm-hmm. the, the receiver, Mitchell, mm-hmm. oh, and you get him with Xavier Whittington Worthy. and Xavier Worthy. You're talking about you're talking about kids that are getting first, second, third round grades, and defense the same way. the The linebacker Ford is going to be the best player in the Big Twelve. I think that their season goes one of two ways. Either it goes like Chuck said, and everyone gives them their best shot. They get banged up. They end up at eight and four, and and it's a disappointing season for them. And they they leave uh, the Big Twelve with a whimper instead of uh, an exclamation point. Or Quinn Ewers wins the Heisman and they show up and they go 11 and 1 and they make the football playoff. I think it goes one of those two ways. Yeah. There's no in between in my opinion. Um so how about this guys? On the way out. Let's get it on the record. <laughs> so in uh so in 4 months I can come back and say Chuck was wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> yeah. Um who you guys got in the college football playoff? Give me four teams. Okay, I'm going to go Michigan out of the Big Ten over Ohio State. Okay. Um, they both could get in. I'll go Georgia because they're Georgia. And I'm going to go uh, – are we, are, we, are we sure that you can't have two teams from one conference? No, you can. Yeah, you could. You could yeah. definitely put Bama in. Okay, yeah. then I'm going to go with Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State. Really? Florida State. That's a wild card there. Florida State, which means they probably have to beat LSU this weekend. They would have to, yeah. I'm just going to play it right down the middle, dude. I'll go safe. We'll go Georgia, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. Penn State. Penn State. All right. What are you going with, Matt? I'll go Bama as the one seed. I'll go... Ohio State as the two. Why are you acting like you're thinking about this now? You you posed the question. I did, but I didn't think about it. <laughs> yeah, and you were the one that told us to do the homework, and I, I just know. said to run the internet. I had other, everybody else. I had speaking. other stuff. To Matt's do. scratching yeah. his uh, head uh, like he hasn't. I'm gonna go. Dude. I'm gonna go USC as the four. Oh wow! Yeah, and I'll go Clemson as the three. All right, so Bama, Clemson, USC, and Michigan. Michigan. Did I say Michigan? 
I think I said Michigan. I love college football. I can't wait. And we're all going to be dead wrong. I can't wait for it. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll, probably I'll be lucky if I get one of those four Michigan's going to lose their first two Watch games. Watch Texas A&M <laughs> coach sitting on the sideline. You just took a guy whose coach is sitting out the first two games. Watch Texas A&M win the SEC. Oh, that would be great. I'll shave my head if that happens. <laughs> wait, let's get that on the record right now. <laughs> I will. If, if Michelle says I can, I will uh, <laughs> I will shave my head if Texas A&M wins the SEC. I wonder what odds you could get on that right now. You know, if it was crazy odds, you might throw down 100 bucks on it because they got a lot of talent, man. Yeah, it's a matter, matter of probably being healthy for them to see if they can make a run. But I don't know. How, how menacing would Matthew T. Roy look, Don, if he shaved his head? He's already a menacing cat yeah. as it is. Um, He's got fun. a good shaped head, though. You no, can pull a, it off. I got a lumpy head. Oh. Because I hit my head a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it right there. I do. I okay. like, In the break room that we have, I hit my head all the time on those freaking studio lights. I also uh, had to shave my eyebrows in college. I believe that. Oh, it, was that a hazing incident? No, sadly. Um, a bet. It was a bet. So uh. the, the year after the Broncos won the Super Bowl was 2016. Um, I was brand new at Fort Lewis College, and we were in the O-line room, and we had a Raiders fan in there. I was like, okay, like we'll, we'll place a bet on who has a better record. We're coming off a of Super Bowl. The Raiders always suck. Of course, that's the year that the Raiders go 10-6, and six and the Broncos fall apart with One Trevor One or both? Both. And oh. what, what made it worse was – They grew so back. They did. But what made it worse was that after – so we went through the season. Obviously, the Broncos had a bad season. I ended up having to shave my eyebrows. So I shaved my eyebrows. I came back to school. I had a hat pulled down all the way, and then my glasses pushed up so you couldn't see anything. And then I went up to Matt. The other guy's name was Matt as well. And I was like, here you go, jerk, and used other words. And uh, he was like, oh, wow, you actually did it. I wasn't going to. I was like, oh, you jackass. What do you, yeah. do, what do you mean? Uh, and then my O-line coach made me take off my hat and glasses every meeting until they grew back. You know what? You know, Real fast. You know what the greatest – analogy in sports history as to what you just said hmm. i wasn't going to this is true ollie frazier trilogy uh frazier wins the first fight in 71 the fight of the century ollie wins the next fight then they they fight the thriller in manila which ollie wins to become the greatest of all time could say he beat frazier in two out of the three what people don't realize in the 14th round they, they almost killed each other in their corners, Ali wasn't going to get up. He was done. He's admitted that. And Frazier wanted the fight. And Eddie Futch threw in the towel. And so if Eddie Futch doesn't throw in that towel, Frazier answers the bell for round 15 and Ali doesn't. And it's just the reverse. Joe mm -hmm. Frazier's the greatest fighter. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, and by the way, I wasn't Texas going to. Texas A&M's odds are... 1,400, so plus 1,400, 14 to 1 to win the SEC, uh, 40 to 1 to win the national championship. Uh, that's, uh, those are Sounds not kind of high. Those right? are not high enough odds for me. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would need like 30 to 1 to, to do I don't know like how that. anybody comes out of that league playing for a title. I mean, it's – Georgia's done it last two years. Right. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this episode. We'll be back on Wednesday with the High School Hype Squad. This week, we'll be featuring the Sotomayor Wildcats and the South San Bobcats in the uh, Cat Bowl we're going to have on TNL this week. Uh, quick reminder, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review, give us a five-star rating, give some feedback. Feedback is a gift. We will see you back here on Wednesday for the Sneakers and Cleats podcast.